So this is a song I recognize, but I couldn't tell you what it's called or who it's <laughs> by. Yeah. So Sage is about to tell us. The Strokes. Oh, there Reptilia. It yep. Uh-huh. I, I definitely recognize. You probably recognize it from Guitar Hero. That's. That is exactly yep. where I recognize it from. Sage Williams, ladies and gentlemen. I uh, I didn't recognize it from a, every commercial ever. It, just, it seems like this was on every single commercial. Hour two of the game, the game after work. Mitch hey. Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G, Sage Williams. Say something to Sage Williams. That's right. By calling 537-1350 if you want to come on the show and discuss with us some K-State sports. We can talk Royals. I may even talk a little Royals in the next segment. I, you know, I, I've noticed a few things about the start of the season and the reaction to it. We'll respond Sure. Here, here in a little bit. I just have one quick thought, and I know Troy probably has a dozen thoughts because he keeps <laughs> up. <laughs> How you don't get too excited about a 2-0 and start. No. That's right. That's right. Um, first of all, I do want to bring this up. Uh, rest, rest in peace, Gilbert Godfrey. Man. That was some tough uh, hmm. news to hear about earlier this, uh, this afternoon. It's been a rough seven months for the comedy community. Yeah. Uh, back in September, Norm McDonald wasn't that long ago. We lost Bob Saget. Mm-hmm. Uh, Louis Anderson is another one who I remember as the host of Family Feud for a while. And then uh, today hearing about Gilbert Godfrey. Stinks, man. I remember uh, before I got to the Stern Show, he called in one time and he actually spoke in his real voice and it got played <laughs> back and I was like, Wow. That is two different dudes. Yep. <laughs> but he is known, of course, iconically for his voice. I don't even know what, how to explain it. I mean, if you might remember the Aladdin movies played the parrot. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember well, if there was a name to that parrot. but um, Oh, I'm sure there was. It's For me, it's the Geico, go, the goose or whatever. Yeah, yeah, the duck. That's it. I mean, before, that's... Before he made the mistake of jokes that he probably shouldn't have made. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, that's how I would describe his voice. <laughs> is that, um, and it's odd that it, they're not odd, but it's just funny that that is him. But that's how you would describe his voice. First, Sounds like that, Doug. First experience of Gilbert Gottfried back when USA Network showed late night movies. Oh, man. This was when I was in college, and it was USA Up All Night. USA Up All Night. Oh, yeah. 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 I remember, I remember that being brought up on a WrestleMania. Uh-huh. One time, that's the only time I ever heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> that was after wrestling. After wrestling, we get over it. Then it was like, ooh, it's time for Up All Night. Horrendous movies. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. And Gilbert Godfrey, I forgot about that. Yep. I forgot about that. Yep. Troy and I in the office earlier oh. today when we heard about the news, we found a video that's going around. It's pretty famous already, but it's one of the best moments in game show history because Gilbert Gottfried was a recurring cast member, I suppose, on uh, one of the squares on Hollywood Squares. And I, that was one of my favorite shows, my favorite game shows growing up. I'm a big game show guy, but I used to love the Tom Bergeron version yeah. of Hollywood Squares when Whoopi Goldberg was a center square um, and you always had a weird cast of characters that which I mean a really random sure nine squares. I mean the the version we were watching today, of course, Gilbert Gottfried had Penn Teller, yep. had uh, Little Richard, <laughs> uh, Jason Alexander from Seinfeld. Oh, wow, like, it was just a mix of people. Wow, but Gilbert was the last square, and everybody kept getting the questions wrong. They did like eight or nine questions, yeah. and nobody could get it right, and he kept calling them fools and stuff. <laughs> but it was a great, great five minutes of comedy. Yes. It was tremendous, because they thought they had him figured out, 
Both of the contestants did, and it was beautiful. It was beautiful. If you ever, if you're in the YouTube uh, rabbit hole, Norm McDonald had a short-lived show um, where uh, he just interviewed people as a podcast, but they did it on YouTube as well. Gilbert Godfrey was one of his only um, guests, and that is hilarious from start to finish. It is those two guys and Adam Eagert. Another guy just riffing, and it is fantastic. What a loss today for comedy. Uh, a loss to the roster for K-State football yesterday. Now, I, I'm surprised. It's not, I'm not surprised. It didn't come up as a uh, headline in our Real or Fake headlines earlier in the show because this obviously would have been something that would have come across my timeline at some point, and I would have caught it yesterday when traveling back to Manhattan. And that is sophomore linebacker Brandon Jennings has entered the transfer portal as of yesterday. He spent his time at K-State when it was announced that he was coming to when it was announced that he's leaving. January 3rd is when it was announced he was coming to K-State from Maryland after one season with the Terrapins. Wasn't too bad. Seven games. And um, former four-star recruit out of high school. And he left on April 11th. I mean, I'll speak for myself when it was announced he's coming, I was excited about it because of the potential he had. He missed a gap of games, like a month's worth of, of games for Maryland because he was injured, but he wasn't too bad before that injury. Forced to fumble, had a number of tackles. His total time in Manhattan was 98 days. Mm-hmm. A rarity, even for the transfer portal era, yep. which of course is just complete chaos. But 98 days, not playing a single snap, and hardly even getting to practice during the spring. It was really weird. However, Troy, I don't know if he went to the press conference, but Joe Klanderman, defensive coordinator for the Cats, the Clandy man. I did not go to the press conference, but I know right up front, among the guys that were being mentioned for depth at the linebacking spot, Brandon Jennings. And here is uh, Coach Klanderman's comment. He does look the part. Well, I'll tell you this: he's he's extremely physical, got a, uh, extraordinarily heavy hands. Um, he's been nicked up a little bit, so it's been tough to get a consistent evaluation on him. You know, he'll flash on something, and then he's been, you know, bothered with a couple of little things, nothing major. So he's missed a day here, missed a day there, and kind of been in and out. And when you're out and you're not doing those things, if you're not used to doing them, I think it's difficult sometimes to know what you're doing, know where to be. So it's sometimes hard to get a great evaluation on a guy that's playing fast because he's just trying to be right. So he's not playing as fast as he can. He's going to get so much better once he gets consistent reps. I think he's certainly talented, and I think he's going to be a, a great name uh, in the future here. You know, right now I don't, I don't know if I have a, a great – gauge of where he is completely other than I think he's got ability so coach Kleiman has a press conference tomorrow and tomorrow is probably our only chance if he decides to comment on why Brandon Jennings decided to leave after just 98 days with K-State and very limited practice time as you heard from Joe Klanderman he didn't practice every time and they still have a couple of practices left before they complete their spring 15 So he hardly got a chance to show off despite some injuries. It makes me wonder, I I probably need to be careful here because I am going to speculate. I'm just going to just throw out my thoughts there. But why do you leave so early, even though you still have a a fall practice to come up and you are going to be in the rotation? What went wrong? Is it K-State or was it him? 
And that's something we may never find out. But just my personal feeling, I would lean towards it's him. And potentially some frustrations built. Maybe he stunk. Maybe he wasn't catching on. Maybe he was even told about that. I personally don't know. But when you start to put the pieces together, you put the timeline together, and where his spot was and what he was potentially going to be, to me, I ask myself and I ask, I would ask him, where the heck is your patience? It just does not make sense to me. But it could be other things. I certainly don't know. That's just how I would personally feel about it, Absolutely. just by just putting the pieces together. Yeah. It's one of those deals where you talk about the transfer portal, and I'm somebody that I I like that a kid can go somewhere if they want to go. But when people talk about you sign a national letter of intent with a school, it's not a four-year agreement. It's a one-year agreement that has a rollover capability for four years, yeah. five years. So you should have to stay for one year. And I think there's a lot of kids, a lot of people – you know, grown adults as well, where first it's not working out somewhere in a situation and your first instinct is to cut bait and get out of there. You should have to stick it out because you never know how much better it could get for you if you stay there and stick it out and try to work on whatever they ask you to work on. If you do do that, you never know what what could happen but if you cut bait and you walk away and you leave that's it that's the, your that opportunity is sunk and it's gone you're right with the patience you just got to show a little patience you've got a long way to go before you graduate you're going to have a lot of seasons left man stick it out dude that though plays to one of the key points that we're finding just as way of noting uh basketball transfer portal is up to 1300 as of today, thirteen hundred players. So you're nearing. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at a third already of college basketball in the transfer well, portal. You're talking almost probably over uh, four players a team. Mm-hmm. And in Division One. And what you have is finally a feeling among players that they're the ones that are in charge. They're the ones that have the say now as to where they go, what they're doing, once they sign that letter of intent, that they they still have options in front of them. You are going to have guys that, for whatever reason, they, they get sideways with coaches, they don't like something about the community. Any number of factors that, let's be perfectly honest, any one of us as a college kid could probably allude to. You know, let's think about the things that make kids homesick, for crying out loud. Absolutely. Well, those can be used to get into the transfer portal just like anything else. The one one that I wonder about as well, though, because nothing's being said, but does something family-related come up? There's always that question mark as well. The linebacker position, they don't rotate as much at that position like they do on the defensive line and in the secondary. Right. I mean, K-State has had... During the climate era, like two solid guys that you could stick with for quite a while, and then rotating some guys in and out. I mean, from Hughes to Elijah, Cody Fletcher, Deuce Green, and Deuce Green is back. Like, if, if Deuce Green wasn't back, I would be a little bit worried. Sure. I would be a little bit worried. Does this hurt 2022 or 2023 more? I would say 2022 because of 
a, a depth issue. He would sure. be a great part of the depth. But I would not put him as a starter. I, I don't. I probably wouldn't put him as a day one starter. And, and therein lies, I think, part of the problem is everybody, every kid thinks that they're a starter. Let's be honest. Every kid. It's it's the same reason why we talked about Joe Irvin leaving, in all likelihood, because he wanted more playing time. Every kid thinks that they should be option A rather than option B on a depth chart. See, right now it's it's Deuce Green in Will Honus, in my opinion. And you have Nick Allen right there waiting in the wings, who who would be a great substitution, and who will get playing time. He jumped into the linebacker position after a couple of years as just being a special teams guy, and he did a good job for his opportunities. Plus, he was really good on special teams. He led the team in tackles on special teams a year ago. But Will Honus, that, that, that's tough to compete with. He is coming off an injury, and he has been injury prone where he's had two serious mm-hmm. knee injuries during his time at Nebraska. However, you can't ignore his time as a player. When he's been healthy, he's been a starter. He is He's now entering his seventh year of college football, despite those two injuries. He's an old guy, a ton of experience, 2020 honorable mention all Big Ten. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's just a lot to compete with sure. on paper. So that's where I get my idea on paper. Right now, if it were just to be two linebackers, if they were just to go with the – you know, four down, and you have the two linebackers, and go with the four-two-five. It's going to be Deuce Green and Will Honus. Let me just throw a curveball into our thought process for a moment. What would the Bill Snyder era have been had we had the transfer portal? In and out, in and out, in and out. That, yeah. It, I mean, if you really think that through, how different would that era have been had the transfer portal been in play? There's a lot of guys. Um, who had to stick it out? Mm-hmm. I, a couple come to mind: Josh Buell and Brian Hickman had they had to earn their spot. Mm-hmm. They had to wait. They had to play a lot of. They had to play a lot of special teams, and then they came out and th- they're once they got their chance, they became great, and that's why it just it stinks to tell a kid, and it's hard to tell a kid, a young guy, a young buck, hey, just wait. Just keep doing what you're doing right now and just wait for the opportunity. Don't wait, though. You know, capitalize on it, but stick it out. Stay here. Stick it out. It's better to do that than to cut bait and try to get somewhere where you show up and you're the number one guy day one. Interesting comments last week from Dabo Sweeney regarding the transfer portal and the fact that his recruiting doesn't take advantage of it. And his reasoning... I think actually could be something along the lines of what Bill Snyder would say. And that is you start dabbling in the transfer portal as coaches and you're in that involved in that recruiting, you're telling your guys in the building that they're not good enough. That's how he's viewing it. Now, most programs aren't looking at it that way and Dabo took a lot of heat for having that viewpoint. But I can understand that viewpoint from some of the coaches that are a bit more old-fashioned in how they want to look at the game and establishing that as a policy if you're someone like a Dabo Sweeney. Yeah. Now, will it will it hurt him in the long run? Quite possibly. Yeah, and it's But like, it's a stand. It's like, okay, the ACC, Clemson. You got Clemson. And then who would you say is the worst football program in the ACC? Who would you say? Or, or a bottom, a bottom team in the ACC. Duke. Duke. Let's say that. Georgia okay. Tech. Let's say Georgia Tech. Let's go Clemson and Georgia Tech. 
Is there a difference between the type of players that Georgia Tech and Clemson are recruiting? Yes. Of course there is. You at Clemson, you don't have to play the transfer game because you're recruiting at a high level. And you don't care. You're like, whatever. People at Georgia Tech, they have to take advantage of the transfer portal. They have to say, we get a second crack at a guy who didn't get such a good time at a place wherever. That's the kind of guy we got to bring back in here, baby. That's the kind of guy that we're getting. Of course he doesn't use the transfer portal. Of course, Dabo Sweeney wouldn't be like, oh, poo-poo, the transfer portal. I don't need those kind of guys. Well, that guy is so disconnected from reality that he's just he gets to say these things, and it just 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 that guy stinks. It, it's interesting that you bring up though the well, if it was, you know, or who are the worst? Think back to when Bill Snyder took over. Oh man. And at that time, guess what you could do at the top levels that you really weren't being able to accomplish at the lower levels of a conference? So is this where... You had more than 100 guys on a roster if you were Nebraska and Oklahoma. The scholarship levels came down to 83. Right, right. And then when that happens, then we start to see it like... You got it. It starts to to flatten out a little bit. And so that is an area where the transfer portal, you're absolutely right, Right. can help improve programs at the bottom of a conference quickly. I'm just wishing Brandon Jennings, if things were just him being unhappy, if that's the way it went, I wish he would have stuck it out. Dude. Because he would have got a playing time, and I think he would have been a special sophomore. Yeah, and listen, But it didn't work out. You're not always going to be happy all the time. You know what I mean? Things are not fun 24-7. But... Hey, just, you know, good luck to him wherever he ends up. All right, we need to take a timeout. More of the game coming up after this. Welcome back to the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G., Sage Williams. Want to give a shout to uh, K-State's Aoka Lee for the sixth time in women's basketball history. A women's basketball player at K-State has been named the Big 12 Women's Basketball Scholar Athlete of the Year. Before that, Peyton Williams won it twice. i got to think back here. Uh, uh, Brittany Chambers won it. I know Shaylin Martin won it. Kindred Wiesman, that was the other one. I got all of them. All right, there are five total. Four four times in five years that K-State has had the honoree. Wow, that's awesome. That's amazing. And like I said, over and over and over and over and over again on this show, I don't care. Ayoka Lee, what a fantastic representation of Kansas State University. Like, I couldn't be more proud to have such an amazing young woman repping my school. That is awesome. And I just want to say, you know, Coach Mitty, he dropped this in his last interview. I think we kind of just kind of skaped over it. Like, we didn't really talk about it like we should. But he mentioned that we're all thinking she's just going to be back for this one year, graduate, and then go to the WNBA not so fast because she is in a master's program that should take two more years. So she might not be done after just one more year. It might be two more years of Aoka Lee, but it's a maybe right now. A maybe. Man, maybe she goes for 73. Oh, man. 83. And then 103. I, I wouldn't stop until I got to 100. Yeah, like, come Get on. Get to the triple digits. When she hits another 60, we'll be like, come on. You know, th- that's not that great. You got to hit 100 around here. Yeah. Like against one of those cupcakes, even though it might be like a 25-point game, keep Yoki in there, run it up. Run it <laughs> up. Mitty, 
Put the hey, put, put the foot on the pedal, baby. I, I I'm a fan of running up the score. Yeah, it's not your fault. They the team you're playing stinks. Absolutely. Like who said that we gotta quit and run the clocks? Go ahead, but let her let her eat, man. I want her to see her hit a hundy. Now uh, another thing, uh, Surrey Lewis, former KC men's basketball player who was transferred. Uh, he has committed to Rice. Yeah, good for him. So congratulations to Siri. <laughs> yeah, great. Good, good, good job. Have great. Have good, have a good time in Rice. That's great. Good for you, pal. Houston, Texas. Good shout for, to Houston. Shout out to Houston, Texas. It really was great. Good job. Also, Will Howard is now in the merch game. Whoa! He has put out. <laughs> I'm gonna bring up the old group text here, Troy. Uh, he has put out a logo. And he's putting it on some T-shirts, putting on some jackets. It it's a it looks like Topeka Hayden's logo, okay, in a way, okay. But it's uh, basically a W with like the H in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you oh, compare yeah. it to the Topeka Hayden, I thought that was a great comparison. Uh, go to willhowardqb.com Dang. for your Will Howard merch. All right. I love it. I love him getting into the hustle of the merch Dude. game. Thank, thank goodness he went that route and not just a knockoff on Van Halen. Wait a minute. What if he would have done a Van Halen logo, but with the W instead? We might need. To uh, talk if I to was his Van people. Halen, I would have sued him. <laughs> Who's this kid? Yeah, right. <laughs> They're just gonna hang him upside down, and the money starts flying out of his uh-huh. pockets. So like that's we're taking all that T-shirt money. That's right. Don't you dare. All right. Um, I did want to speak on the Royals just a little bit. Did not watch a single inning of Royals baseball during my trip. I tried to keep up with the score here or there. I saw they won on uh, in their second game like one nothing. Um, but basically, from what I gained from this, they're two and two, right? The Royals, they can't hit. Yeah. Oh, Witt Jr. <laughs> he can't hit. He's like two for sixteen. But he did have a nice throw from third to home to basically win the game. On opening day, I wouldn't necessarily say he can't hit. He's just off to a rough start. Yeah, in he that he he has he did hit the game winner on Friday or on Thursday, opening day, and he homered uh, with a guy in scoring position. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, I'm more concerned about top of the order in Whit Merrifield and Sal Perez right now. Neither of them are hitting. I mean, from what I looked at on the numbers, like everybody but um, Benintendi. Correct. Is not doing so hot. Correct. And then pitching, um, boy, where to begin there? It's a bit of a mess, isn't it? You mentioned, uh, DG mentioned Jackson Kowar, who has stunk since last year. Mm-hmm. So, but here's what I bring up. Like, I, I, I'm i a Royals fan, but it's also just kind of fun to bag on them a little bit because it's we've seen a lot of bad baseball, especially during my lifetime. So it's just kind of a natural rea- reaction. Um, but I also consider, and I'll get Troy's opinion, I'll get both of your opinions on this. I mean, should we consider there was a shortened spring training? Like, things may be a little bit rough at first. Like, give it some time to buff itself out. Because especially pitching. Like, again, I didn't watch any Royals. I didn't listen to any Royals during those the, the first four games. But, like, even pitching, like command, like – should we allow enough time to let these arms get in a little bit better shape? No, yeah. you're absolutely right, okay. and and that is one of the issues, and in fact, it's why you're seeing teams 
Well, opening day is a great example for the Royals in that, and, and for the Guardians, in fact, as both went to the bullpens in the sixth inning. Even though they had their aces on the mound, they went to the bullpen in the sixth because they didn't want to extend out the starters for too long. And you're seeing everybody doing that right now here at the front of the season because you only had the three-week spring training. Now, Jackson Coar is an easy target because he gave up runs after runs after runs last year. Um, and now I, I saw he gave up, what, like five runs in a very short amount of time? Yeah. So he's an easy target. Uh, but like Sunday was a disaster. Now, it'll be interesting to see. I, I know, um, you know the Royals do play tonight, 645 against the Cardinals at Bush Stadium. I know it's supposed to be Adam Wainwright and Zach Greinke tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a big matchup. But it yep. was also, you know, I knew the, the Cardinals got one rained out, right? So they've played one less game than the Royals, and they might adjust the uh, correct the matchups. I, I mean, that's one matchup I want to see. But it would be stellar, and we would yeah. have it at noon tomorrow. Noon tomorrow. A nooner. What? Why don't we have one ten? Like, why cannot we not be consistent with the time zones? The first pitches on the getaways. Well, in that case, that's uh, on St. Louis. It's a game in St. Louis, so we yeah. always stagger these times. Like, in some places, it'll be seven fifteen. Some places, seven ten. Sometimes it's seven twenty, seven oh five. Let me let me offer you just one piece of good news here. The Royals' pitching staff isn't the worst when it comes to ERA just yet. But how bad is it? Six point eight one. Pittsburgh 6.84. The old pirates. Oh my God. Who aren't spending anything on a pitching staff. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, like, I'll nowhere give to you, go but up. Let's go. Come on. I'll give you two Diet Cokes, cold, ice cold, if you can name five <laughs> Pittsburgh Pirates. I can't. I can't. No. Don't look at me. No. Yeah, I couldn't. No. I don't have a clue. I couldn't. Do I don't know if I can name one. I have not looked at every major league roster this year. <laughs> they're, they're actually, is that a major league roster? Yeah, or? <laughs> well, there actually is a, a funny thread that someone does on Twitter that is a random guy you didn't realize was still in the league. Yeah, I, I guarantee their starting catcher is a Paul LaDuca. <laughs> their starting pitcher is probably, um, what is Jamie Moyer. Jamie Moyer came out of yeah, come on. <laughs> I don't know anybody on that ball club. No. I really, I feel awful, but um, <laughs> he ran a gargle uh, trying to figure it out. I looked, I looked up the Pittsburgh Pirates roster, <laughs> and I'm not sure I recognize a single name. Did Marwin Rod- Rodriguez, does he still play for them? See, I don't know. Um, boy, I don't recognize anybody. I don't. Yeah. Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah, rough. Um, the Roy Boys. I I recognize Brian Reynolds. Okay. There we go. That said, let's uh, touch base once again on wildfires in the area. Wabunsee County residents of West Creek and Pavilion Road to the north are being asked to evacuate by that county's emergency management. Evacuation is to the Wabunsee County Courthouse. So Wabunsee County residents in that area where the wildfires have blown up along I-70, we mentioned earlier, southwest portion of the county, Riley County specifically, but Wabunsee is really where the bulk of these fires have developed. Uh, if you're uh, in the area of West Creek and Pavilion Road to the north, you are asked to evacuate by emergency management to the Wabunsee Courthouse. Yikes. Well, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that. We'll break in with any information we need to, as long as the show is going on or even after the show. 
But right now, when we come back on the game, number one song of the day. I wish I did. I can't believe I'm missing out on Greg's wedding. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Grandma's about to crowd surf. Grandma's about to what? <coughs> what? Man, I'll call you back. <coughs> oh, man. <coughs> Sounds like another case of flu FOMO. Don't get stuck at home with the flu. A flu shot is safe, effective, and you can get it at the same time as your COVID-19 vaccine. A flu shot is the best way to prevent the flu and its potentially serious complications. It keeps you protected and also protects your loved ones. Protecting our community can't wait. So why get stuck inside with the flu? Don't get flu FOMO. Learn more at GetMyFluShot.org. Brought to you by the AMA, CDC, and the Ad Council. Going to take a look at your weather. Currently 90 degrees and windy as we are still in a wind advisory until 1 a.m. tonight. And we'll also experience some possibly severe thunderstorms tonight as well. So keep a look at your radar. Stick with us here on 1350 KMAN in case we need to break out with any news on that. A low around 42 tonight. Winds gusting around 55 miles per hour. Then tomorrow, a chance of showers into your morning and early afternoon. Back to the game here on KMAN. Hello, darling, this is Louis, darling, it's so nice to have you back where uh, you One more belong. time, I gotta squeeze in a little New Orleans. Yeah, baby. From 1964, well Hello, Dolly, by Louis Armstrong. One week at number one, trumpeteer, vocalist from New Orleans, Louisiana. Very nice. Nicknamed Satchmo, Pop Satch. One of the most influential figures in jazz music. His career spanned five decades. Also known for being a skilled scat singer and having that charisma on stage, along with that very known raspy voice. Unfortunately, he passed away in the early 70s against his doctor's advice. He went on two-week engagement at the Waldorf Astoria Empire Room in New York City, right there next to uh, uh, Central Park. There it is. But the, at the end of that stretch, he had a heart attack. He was hospitalized. He got better. But then later on, he died of a heart attack in his sleep on July 6, 1971, a month before his 70th birthday. So he passed at 69. But he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2017. He was inducted into the Rhythm and Blues. Hall of Fame. All right, Hello Dolly is the title song from the Tony Award-winning 1964 musical which featured Carol Canning, uh, Carol Channing rather, in the lead role. This song is about Dolly's triumphant return to New York's social scene. And in 1969, it was turned into a film starring, starring Barbra Streisand and Walter Matthau. Ah! And Louis Armstrong is in that movie as the orchestra leader and even does a duet to Hello, Dolly! with Barbara Streisand. Wow. However, this is a play that goes back all the way to the 1830s. However, guys, Sage, just leave it alone. Let it fade out because we're about to play Did They Steal It? Whoa. Okay. Okay. I always love it when this comes up. All right. So... Mac David. Uh-huh. 
He is a lyricist and composer known for his work on uh, composing films like Alice in Wonderland and Cinderella. He filed a copyright infringement suit (laughs) against Jerry Herman, who was the composer for Louis Armstrong's version, Mm -hmm. alleging that the first four bars of Dolly were the same as those in the 1948 tune Sunflower that was performed by Ray McKinley. Okay. So. Wait, 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 stop. No. They didn't steal it. It's Louis Armstrong. You know what I mean? It's like you're going up against Louis Armstrong. You lost. So once again, here is the first four bars rough, roughly, of Hello, Dolly. All right. There's the first four bars, and I'm sure uh, Sage was keeping along with the tune, right? Counting out the bars herself, every four count. And then here is the first four bars of Ray McKinley's Sunflower. Oh, whoa, He stole, I got a banjo on my knee. He stole that from that guy. Leave Louis Armstrong alone, pal. So here's how this turned out. Now, Herman, who I mentioned previously, was the composer of Louis Armstrong's Hey Dolly. He said he had never even heard of Sunflower before. (laughs) But he agreed to pay $200,000 in a settlement so the film could be released without delay. Uh, Potentially, the lawsuit would have held back... The movie's release. So I think we all agree it does not sound stolen whatsoever. Not even close. Nope. But he agreed to pay a little bit of money out so they can get this movie out. Yeah, they're like, here's a little chump change. We're about to make like 36 million bucks. Now, the one that did get stolen was the LBJ version utilized in his presidential campaign in 1964, Lyndon B. Johnson. And it was, hello, Lyndon. Oh, no. Well, I shouldn't say stolen, because after all, Carol Channing did perform it at the Democratic National Convention for and, and How about that? <laughs> you know, what, like, what is it with politicians always ganking people's music? and go, Oh, that's my song now. Come well, on. Yeah. Come on, man. Leave them alone. More importantly, at least listen to the damn lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so one more fact about Louis Armstrong. He actually, with this number one hit of Hello, Dolly, became the oldest at to top the U.S. charts at number one at 62 years old. Wow. And that is a record that still stands mm-hmm. wow. today. Mm-hmm. Um, Troy, could you play trumpet? Are you, were you a trumpeteer no. at all? No. No. What about Mitch? Have you ever trumpeted? I, I played trumpet in fifth grade. Whoa, were you any good at it? I was okay for the experience. Sure, of like sure. Eight months. One of the things though that always amazed me about Louis Armstrong is that his style was so different with the puffed cheeks. Yeah, and then he always was playing the trumpet that went like straight up in the air. True, <laughs> you know, yeah. like it was all weird. I wanted to play trumpet because of Louis Armstrong, but they were like, you can't play like that. Right. And I was like, why? If he can play like that, I can play. Yeah, I can play like that. Completely unorthodox. One other note about Louis Armstrong, I mentioned he's the oldest to go number one in the U.S. He's also the oldest to go number one in the United Kingdom at 66 years old with the song, What a Wonderful World. Uh Oh, Uh very nice. Very nice. Louis. 
What a wonderful world. Can you play that? <laughs> I believe there's a copyright on it. If we play it too long, we have to pay some money. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We got to pay that one guy. All right. Let's just go right into it. DG's Asketh Anything. Oh. We got a few minutes left. Sage will get us out when we need to get out. Sage will get us where we got to get going. Hey, today's Ask a K-Rocker I loved. Uh, we learned earlier today, um, two-thirds of Americans asked, said that they would totally be cool living off the land if grocery stores were shut down, which is, that's comical. It's, I mean, come two on. Thir- two-thirds. Two-thirds. They on. asked 2,000 people, could you live off the land if there are no grocery stores? And two-thirds of them said, sure. Maybe two-thirds in 1922. Sure. In 2022? No. Have no clue. You'd be living off cucumbers and tomatoes for two days and go, I'm a done. And here's the deal. I do not want to live off the land. Yeah. There's way too many things I like that don't come from the land. Right. Well, and me, I can't even keep keep a cactus alive. (laughs) Those things die in my watch. So I want to ask you, how long would you live off the land if there was no grocery stores? How long do you think you'd last? Um, not long. Yeah. 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 Three days, four days tops. I mean, I I give myself one month. I give myself one month because I think three or four days I could do it. I could do that. But because that's as long as my food stock. Right. (laughs) I can eat eat like SpaghettiOs and stuff for a while. But then I'd be done if I had to catch my own food. Oh, no. Or grow my own food. I I don't even know. I suppose like if I had the materials to be able to get it done, like I didn't have to worry about that, I'd be fine. But I would just get so bored of it. I'd get bored of that lifestyle. <laughs> You'd be like, I'm done. Well, because then you, you probably start to go mad. I mean, you're probably also, if you're living off the land, you also probably secluded yourself from society. You're, you're living off the grid, right. if you know what I mean. What if somebody's a like, weird. hey, remember ground beef? And you just lose it. You know, you're like, oh, God, I do. I remember that. <laughs> of course, you know, the, the two-thirds sound about like the similar two-thirds that believe in Q at this point, but that's a whole nother. It, it, it could be them. It, 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 it might just be them. God, I hope we never reach that point. Ugh. Uh, Mitch, you came up with a really good Aska. Aska. Um, what's your favorite song by a fictitious band in a uh, in a movie? Mm. You had a, a good one. Yeah, so uh, it's from the movie Rockstar. The band was Steel Dragon. It's a movie that's loosely based off of the uh, transition of singer with the, with the band Judas Priest from Rom Helfred to Tim Ripper Owens. And basically he got the gig because he sounded a lot like Rob Manfred. Or am I uh, Ro, uh, Rob, Rob Halford. Halford. Rob yeah. Halford. Yeah. Manfred is the wrong yes. guy. Yes. <laughs> Rob Halford. And uh, Ripper Owens sounded a lot like him. He got the gig based off of that. And uh, I got to give it to uh, Stand Up and Shout. Stand Up and Shout. You know. Ah, You'll hear that ball games. Yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. I didn't have enough time to research this one. We just, you dropped it on us today. I gave you an hour. I got it. No, no way. Um, I think, I can't think of a fictitious song, but. I'd have uh, to do some work on yeah. that. The Dan Band from uh, Old School. Uh, that was, yeah. that's my favorite fictitious <laughs> band. And they're, No, that's a real band. Yeah, those guys like are. they do actually perform weddings and stuff. Those I, guys, I'd love to book them I for mean, something. Do, does uh, Just Kill Me from Adam Sandler count? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love that What about song. the monkeys? Like, that's a. 
they're they have real songs though. from if, well, well they, they turn into a real band but, but that was TV you could do TV shows uh, as well okay I, care. Care. Yeah. I did say that when I brought up okay. the so idea there is a uh, on Lost one of the characters was in a real was in a relatively famous band back in the day Drive Shaft and their song is uh, fantastic it gets in your head it gets inside your head it's an earworm of all earworms um what completely ruins a movie for you? Uh, bad CGI, Ooh. for sure. Like uh, Godzilla, like the Godzilla with oh. Matthew Broderick. The, <laughs> the CGI, like it doesn't live up to maybe what it was back then, but because the CGI is so bad, bad. Like bad. if it just looks terrible, it's like if you don't have the money to spend on good CGI, just leave it out. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Predictability. Where you go? That's the guy. He's the bad guy. Yeah. You know, and you yeah, go, wait, or, or you, yeah. I could see this plot uh, twist coming from a mile away, man. Uh, Sage? Yeah, Sage, we haven't asked you. Um, for me, it's when actors are way too old for the character they're playing. <laughs> <laughs> I see that. See, any action movie yeah. <laughs> in, in 2019, 2020, 2021. Okay. I, yeah. I love um, that thing. It's like a meme about uh, Greece. There's a couple people in Greece that you're supposed to think are high schoolers, and you're like, right. no, that person's 36 years old. 90210. Oh, man. She was, oh, she was 35. Yeah. Oh, Andrea was 35. Actually, yeah. I, I just, not too long ago, watched, uh, I, I we brought it up multiple times, Dark Side of the Ring Yeah. on Vice. There's also a series called Dark Side of the 90s, which oh, is really yeah. good, but yeah, it, yeah. it talked about like the sex appeal of TV shows in the 90s, and Baywatch was huge. Yes. Sure. But mentioned that lady here you're talking about who was in her mid-30s and trying to play it off as somebody in her 20s. Yeah. It kind of messed up her career when they found out that she's in her 30s. Oh, yeah. And lied about her age. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, just think about that. We know everything about everybody now, but back in the 90s, we didn't know that girl was not 35. Yep. <laughs> it's nuts. All right. We're, we're going to get out of here. We got yep. Royals baseball up next for Sage. For DG number two, I'm Mitch Fortner. Go Cats!